Hello, and thanks for joining us for another Peter's Children Adventure. This week's story, The Deflated Peters, centers around Mama Peters and Penelope. Both of them love serving in church life, but when things go slightly awry, they both lose sight of why they're doing what they do. Instead of glorifying God, they begin to focus on themselves. As always, there is a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize the name of it, email us your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com and if yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. There are two songs in this week's story, but what we're looking for is the hymn line or the title of a hymn and not the song the children's choir sing, which is I Will Call Upon the Lord. Last week, Marigold of Concord, California was the winner with her answer of Take My Life and Let It Be from the story Penelope Learns Discernment. Good job, Marigold! Finally, before we begin the story, we want to remind you that there are lots of stories you can go back and listen to if you've not heard them. Or you can listen to them again. Pearson Peters Takes a Car and Penelope Peters Gossips are both good ones. And we'd love to hear from you if you listen. So drop us a line from time to time to let us know if you have any suggestions or ideas. Now, it's time to listen to this week's story, The Deflated Peters. It was Communion Sunday at Evergreen Reformed Church, and Mama Peters was on duty. On the first Sunday of every month, Mama Peters had to leave the house before the rest of the family to arrive on time to prepare the juice and crackers for the sacrament. Since the twins Patience and Priscilla were only about four months old, Mama Peters had to take them to church with her, seeing as they were hungry every couple of hours. They were still quite reliant on Mama Peters, so the added chore of getting them fed and ready for church at such an early hour meant Mama Peters had to give up even more sleep than usual. While Pearson and Penelope slept soundly upstairs, Mama Peters sat at the kitchen table, feeding the twins and sipping a cup of coffee. Daddy Peters had awakened shortly after Mama, and he, too, was drinking his morning coffee. Communion Sunday. Maybe I'll take Pearson and Penelope to the donut shop for breakfast. That would be fun, Daddy Peters remarked, testing out the idea on Mama Peters. That would be fun for them. If you go, pick up an old-fashioned chocolate for me. Yum. Mama Peters licked her lips for emphasis. Yes, ma'am. Daddy Peters teased and saluted. What time are you planning to leave, dear? I need to be off right away. Barbara Stevens can't make it this week. She's visiting her mom in Pine Hollow, so it's really just me filling the communion cups and trays. It's such tedious work. Well, you do a great job. I'm thankful for your faithful service, Daddy Peters said, kissing Mama Peters goodbye. Mama Peters knew that Daddy Peters was thankful for her service. She, too, was thankful for the opportunity to serve her beloved Evergreen Reformed Church by preparing the communion elements. Driving in the car, listening to When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, Mama Peters was very moved at the part in the song that says, Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? And she lifted her hand in a response as she sang along with the CD. She prayed that she would honor the Lord in her service at church and that church would be a time of sweet fellowship and praise, a sacrifice of praise from all of the people. Pulling into the parking lot, she unloaded the twins and made her way to the church kitchen. The church was on the smaller side with a congregation of about 350. 
so she knew most of the people who attended. She thought fondly about the group of parishioners that gathered faithfully every Sunday. How she loved the people. They were like family. Mama's heart swelled with affection as she thought about the fellow believers who attended Evergreen with her. Walking to the back door of the kitchen, she placed the girls' car seats on the ground and turned the knob. Only the knob didn't turn. Mama jiggled it a couple of times and began to grow ever so slightly irritated. She breathed out a heavy sigh that was laden with annoyance at the janitor, who was supposed to open it up for her every communion Sunday. Where was he? She glanced around and decided to walk over to Pastor Felsdow's office. The church office was open, so she walked in. Her pace quickened as she noticed the clock on the wall. She only had an hour before church began. She needed to get started, and it was hard lugging two car seats around. Where in the world is Jim? How could he make me wait like this? Doesn't he know it's Communion Sunday? How irresponsible! This is his job! Those were just some of the thoughts swirling through Mama Peter's head as she walked toward the pastor's office. Good morning, Mama Peters! Pastor Felsdow looked up from his Bible. Good morning, Pastor Felsdow. Have you seen Jim? I have to get the communion cups poured, and Jim is nowhere to be found. Oh, uh-oh, that's my fault. I forgot. Jim called early this morning, and he isn't able to make it. So it was up to me to open the doors. I'm sorry, Mama Peters. Mama Peters, still flustered, was relieved when Pastor Felsdow grabbed the car seats and led the way to the church kitchen. Upon arrival, he retrieved a large keychain and began fumbling through all of them. Because he wasn't sure which key fit the lock, it seemed like he tried every single key. And all Mama Peters could do was to wait patiently. She wanted to yank the keys from Pastor Felsdow and try the lock herself. Pastor Felsdow went through every single key on the chain, all 15 of them. Mama Peters had begun to have serious doubts whether these were the right keys at all. With a sheepish look on his face, Pastor Felsdow turned to look at her. But Mama Peters had already begun to look for windows that might be unlocked. Before Pastor Felsdow could even protest, she'd found an unlocked window and had freed the screens from its tracks, slid the window of the kitchen sink open, and dexterously crawled through. Pastor Felsdow was aghast. Mama Peters! Well, I... Well, okay, good job, he stammered. I'm sure sorry about the keys. Mama Peters raced to the back door, opened it, grabbed her car seats, and responded quickly to Pastor Felsdow. No problem. I best get started if we're going to have communion today. Well, thanks so much. I can send someone over to help you just as soon as people begin arriving. But Mama Peters held up her hand in protest. No, no, I can do it. Mama Peters, you amaze me. You're a super mom. Good job. Thanks for your faithful service to the Lord. We need people like you who are willing to do the hard work in the background. Mama Peters beamed under the praise of Pastor Felsdow and answered, Praise the Lord! Mama Peters charged to the pantry, where she retrieved the communion cups and began pouring the grape juice. She loaded the cups into the communion trays, very carefully, so that each one wouldn't spill. She took out the bread from the grocery bag she'd brought with her and began chopping the bread into small squares. She wondered, as she often did, why they used bread instead of crackers. But it wasn't her decision to make, so she continued to chop furiously though church was only 15 minutes to go time. Loading the last of the trays with a heaping pile of bread, Mama Peters grabbed the car seats and raced them over to the nursery. Oh, communion Sunday. That's right, Marilyn Burns acknowledged sweetly, grabbing the babies from Mama Peters. 
Marilyn Burns was about the sweetest, most patient nursery lead ever. Mama Peters felt extremely comfortable leaving the twins in such capable hands. Yep, it's Communion Sunday. You know how it is. It's been a rough morning. I had to climb through a window to get in, and I've been racing all morning. But done and done. Loading them onto the back tables now. Mama Peters spoke in brisk, disjointed sentences to Marilyn. Oh, Mama Peters, you are amazing. Preparing communion is incredibly important, and I'm so glad to have people like you preparing it. Mama Peters blushed, but was thankful for the acknowledgement of her labor. Oh, thanks, Marilyn. Praise the Lord. Leaving the twins, she walked swiftly back toward the church kitchen. Upon crossing the courtyard, she observed several families dropping off their children to their individual Sunday school classes. From the other side of the courtyard, Sue Rigby yelled out, Morning, Mama Peters. I just saw your family pull into the parking lot, praying for you today. Hey, thanks, Sue. I'm heading to the church kitchen to set up the communion trays. It's been quite a morning. Prayers needed, Mama Peters shouted back in a friendly way at Sue. But her voice was just loud enough that Mama Peters realized the other families in the courtyard could hear her as well. She felt the tiniest smidge of pride rise in her heart as she realized that a couple of the young moms with one or two children were looking at her admiringly. While she, a woman with many children, was still able to serve on a Sunday morning. She didn't have much time to ruminate on that thought, though, because there were communion trays that needed to be loaded on the cart and wheeled into the sanctuary. Despite the chill of the February morning, Mama Peters was sweating profusely. Mama Peters could hear the opening worship song and scurried inside. Micah John, the head usher, looked delighted to see her. Mama Peters, I'm so glad you're here. I kept wondering where the communion trays were, he whispered loudly. In a low voice, Mama Peters responded, Sorry, Micah, it was a long and hard morning. It seemed to Mama Peters that that was about the 50th time she had told somebody that. Well, here, let me pop the trays under the tables. What would we do without you, Mama Peters? Micah replied in a hushed tone. Mama Peters helped unload the cart and then made her way to her seat. She glanced at many of the friends she spied, and waved greetings or nodded to all of them. She knew her friends were aware that she was a bit late because she had to get the communion elements ready. She held her head high and made her way to Daddy Peters, who was sitting by Pearson and Penelope singing the opening hymn. Good morning again, doll. Your old-fashioned chocolate is waiting for you in that bag. Daddy Peters pointed to the bakery bag on Mama Peters' seat. She could not have been more thankful. She realized she was starving. She slipped her hand into Daddy Peters and sang along with him. After the first song, Pastor Felsdow announced that it was time for the first graders to sing their song. They had been practicing the song for the past month, and Penelope was absolutely thrilled that she was going to sing in the front row on the choir risers. She wasn't one of the three children who had gotten chosen to sing solo parts, but she was chosen to be in the front center, and she knew that the front center was where Mrs. Rossi always put children who were better at singing than others. She confidently walked in line with her fellow first graders on their way to the platform. She made sure not to look around at all the faces of the adoring parents. Mama Peters had put her hair up in curlers the night before, so it was fluffy, with soft curls, and she felt clean and primped, having added a touch of chapstick to her lips for just the tiniest bit of shine. She was wearing the dress Mama Peters had picked out, and it was one of her very favorite dresses. It was long-sleeved, with a black sequin top that had been sewn to a thick gray and flowy fabric on the bottom. She wore matching gray tights and her shiny red shoes, completed the outfit with some razzle-dazzle thrown in. She felt positively beautiful, 
and she imagined that many of the adults were looking at her thinking, what a pretty little girl. I only wish my little girl were so pretty as that little girl. She found her place on the riser, and when it was the choir's turn, she looked dreamily into the audience and sang loudly, I will call upon the Lord. She sang as loudly as she could. She thought her voice was carrying the rest of the choir through, and she envisioned that her voice was like that of a sweet songbird. At the end of the song, the choir took a quick bow and walked off the stage. Penelope was quite pleased with the performance and walked, head held high, to her first grade Sunday school class. As each of the children entered the room, Mrs. Harwood encouraged each one of them with a good job or congratulations, nice work. As Penelope entered the room, Mrs. Harwood greeted Penelope with a great job, Penelope. Oh, thank you. I was a little bit nervous when I heard the second row start to sing the wrong lyric. But don't worry, Mrs. Harwood. I sang even more loudly so that they would not forget. Oh, wonderful. Good catch. I did notice that, Penelope. I'm so thankful we have you in the children's choir. Penelope turned red and found her seat. Emily sat down next to her and leaned over. Good job, Pen. Wasn't that fun? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Em. I was nervous that the second row was singing the wrong line, but I just sang louder to remind them. Oh, wow. I didn't even hear that, Emily replied. But good job. Oh, yeah. It was really a close call, Penelope continued, but I'm glad I heard it. Emily nodded and the girls quieted down for the lesson. Penelope, still feeling lighter than air from her performance, settled in and listened to Mrs. Harwood. She was having trouble not being distracted. In fact, as Mrs. Harwood talked about the lesson, Penelope found her mind wandering back to her performance again. She replayed the part in her head where the second row began singing, So shall I be saved from my enemies. But they should have been singing, I will call upon the Lord. She pictured herself singing loudly, rescuing them. I will call upon the Lord. She thought about how wonderfully glorious she sounded, and she was so proud of herself for having the wherewithal to help when they needed her most. When church was over, Penelope enjoyed greeting other adults with her parents. She looked on expectantly, hoping that one of them might have picked up that she had saved the children from certain melodic doom. Nearly every one of them congratulated her on her performance, and almost every time, she replayed all that had happened. She was so happy to be able to rescue the choir and was just as happy to share about what she had done. Since Daddy and Mama Peters had driven separately to church, they followed each other home, and after both cars had pulled in the driveway, everyone pitched in to unload the car seats, diaper bags, Sunday school papers, and their Bibles. Mama Peters instructed Pearson and Penelope to hurry upstairs and change their clothes, and then to come downstairs to help get lunch ready. They needed no encouragement to hurry. They were starved after church. Everyone gathered in the kitchen to help get Sunday dinner on the table, and Mama Peters began to tell about her morning saga with the communion preparations and how she had narrowly avoided a catastrophe with her quick thinking. But she added the juicy details of how Jim, the janitor, hadn't shown up, and how Pastor Felsdow had forgotten to tell her, and then how he had gone through 15 keys before realizing that not one of them fit the door, and finally how she had to climb through a window. While Mama Peters sliced the tri-tip, she boasted ever so slightly about how she had saved the day. Everyone was completely transfixed by Mama's tale. They could not believe that Mama had actually climbed through the window. And then, not to be outdone by Mama's story, it was Penelope's turn to retell her story of the choir mishap. 
As Penelope mashed the potatoes, she went on and on about how she had rescued the choir and how they probably could not have done it without her. And just think of it, Mama, what would have happened if the rest of the choir had sung the wrong line? I mean, it's not always easy to remember the lines, and that would have been a disaster. I really don't know how I was able to so quickly rescue them. Crazy, right? It was at that precise moment that Mama Peter stopped slicing the tri-tip and turned to Penelope. She swallowed hard and looked at Daddy Peters. He gave her a knowing look, and she said to Penelope, Darling girl, could you come sit at the table with me? Penelope handed Daddy Peters the potato masher and walked over to the table. Yes, Mama Peters? she asked as she took the seat next to Mama Peters. Penelope, I'm sad to say that you and I fell into a very subtle trap of Satan today. I didn't even realize it until I was listening to you talk, and suddenly it came to me. The Holy Spirit showed me in such a sweet and patient way how wretched I am apart from Christ. I must confess my sin to you and to Daddy Peters and to Pearson, but mostly to the Lord. And I think, like mother, like daughter, you see, today we both had important jobs at church. I was in charge of the communion preparation, and you were in the children's choir. We both were in the right place at the right time to be able to make last-minute decisions that seemed to positively affect the outcome that might otherwise have been bad. For me, I was able to save communion. I acted just in time and got the work done. And I wanted to do it all for the Lord. I wanted to please Him by my act of service. Serving each other and the church is a good thing. But at some point, my motivation became tainted. I turned communion preparation into something that was more about me and less about serving the Lord. And I had no problem tooting my own horn and letting everyone know the great efforts I had made to get the communion elements ready. I began to act like I was the most important person at church today. I'm embarrassed even to say that to you, Pen, because it was so subtle. And that's how Satan works. He's sneaky, and he's the father of lies. And boy, oh boy, was I ripe for a big lie. And then you, you were excited to sing a song of praise to the Lord. You'd practiced hard for the past month. But at some point, there was this tiny change in your heart. The focus became you. And it was no longer about you or anyone else in the choir. And that showed itself in the same way that my sin showed itself, by talking about all our accomplishments to anyone who would listen. I am completely embarrassed about my inflated sense of self. Pen, you and I were like hot air balloons floating higher and higher in our own glory. In our pride, we didn't view ourselves with an accurate perception. We viewed ourselves from a glorious position, as though our very worlds would fall apart if we weren't there to keep it together. We should have recognized that 1 Corinthians 4-7 asks a good question. What do you have that you did not receive? Sweet girl, anything good we did today was strictly from the Lord, and it should have been all to His glory. We should have deflected all praise and zipped our lips about what we had done. Penelope nodded her head vigorously. Oh, man, Mama Peters, I am so ashamed of myself. I definitely didn't want to brag to people. But I did drop some hints so that they would ask me about the choir. So I would have the opportunity to tell them all that had happened. That is so embarrassing. She was red-faced and sad by that time. Well, the best part of this whole thing is that we don't have to be embarrassed anymore, Pen. We don't have to carry our sin. 
Christ already died for this. All sin is shameful, and this is no different. We only need to confess it and repent. Isn't that spectacular? Mama Peters was holding Penelope's hand. I don't know how I'll forget it, though. I'm so, so embarrassed, Penelope said. Honey, when we struggle to remember that Christ's work paid for it all, then we focus on the shame of our sin. But remember, Jesus loves you, and our behavior today didn't take God by surprise. He already knew how we would act today, and he still died for us, which is simply amazing. Shall we pray together? They bowed their heads and took turns confessing their sin to the Lord. They hugged one another and both were teary-eyed when they finished. Mama Peters hugged Penelope in a tight grasp and held her there for a minute before Daddy Peters interrupted. Hey now, I finished the potatoes and the steak and now we're ready to eat. And I have to say, the potatoes are smooth as butter and the steak is thinly sliced and cooked to perfection. A certain chef went ahead and covered for you ladies, Daddy Peters said playfully. Wow, Daddy Peters, maybe you need to be deflated. I think you're like a hot air balloon flying high in the clouds now, Penelope said laughing. (laughs) Oh boy, look out below. The hot air balloon is crash landing, Daddy Peters yelled out. The Peters family sat down together, held hands, and happily thanked the provider of all good things for the yummy meal. Oddly, though, they were now like deflated balloons. They felt lighter than air. Their sins were forgiven and had been washed away. Welcome to Grandmom's Corner. Is there anything better than knowing that your sins have been washed away? This story resonated with me because you know why? I have a tendency to take credit for myself sometimes instead of glorifying God. I always thank the Lord and give Him glory for causing things to go well. But if I continue to think about how well something went, it can easily morph into me thinking about myself a whole lot. A couple of years ago, our front and backyards needed some new sod. My husband and I had never laid sod before, so we weren't exactly sure what to do or where to even go to buy it. Our next door neighbor, coincidentally, had ordered sod for his yard and he had some extra left over, so he gave it to us. Our front yard happens to be very small. Even still, we didn't quite have enough of the free sod to cover the whole thing, so we purchased enough to cover the front yard and my husband laid the sod. It looks so nice. So last summer, we decided to hire someone to lay the sod in the backyard. And then my husband had some ideas of other ways he wanted to change the look of the backyard a little bit more. Well, when we were finished, we were really pleased with the results. We thanked the Lord for how nice it looked and the help he had given us and the direction he had given us. Don't misunderstand. There is nothing wrong with working hard and enjoying the fruits of your labor. But there is something wrong with dwelling on it and thinking about how great you are and not giving the credit to God. Fast forward to last week. There's been a warming trend in the Bay Area in California, so we needed to water. I appreciated how green the grass looked, and I definitely thank the Lord because I know everything is from Him. But I didn't stop there, and that's when I got myself into a little bit of trouble. I began to think how I was the one who had the idea to lay sod in the first place. I thought, I'm so glad I had the idea. I was immediately smitten. I was ashamed at my insidious pride. And I quickly confessed my sin of pride to the Lord. And I thanked the Lord for His creation, the green grass, the flowers that are growing because of the sun and water He created. You see, we should never take credit for even the littlest accomplishment because everything we have is from God. 
the next breath you take is because God is causing your heart to beat. Listen to what the Bible says in Nehemiah 9, 6. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them, and the heavenly host bow down before you. God is the only one worthy of our worship, so worship Him and resist the temptation to boast about yourself. We want to lift up and make Jesus' name famous. Remember that this week. The Lord willing, we'll be here next week. We hope you will be too. Bye for now.